five years in the hot seat as Chief Executive Officer of Scottish Bakers, Alistair Smith has gained unique insight into what he considers an incredibly noble and proud trade and one that has got an amazing sense of fellowship. While the sector, like many others, is really concerned about shrinking margins thanks to rising energy and commodity costs, Alistair said Scottish Bakers is hearing of quite a strong demand for product and there is cautious optimism about trade this year. Before he takes his final bow at the Scottish Baker of the Year Awards, an annual conference next week, Bakery and Snacks caught up with Alistair to find out what changes he has seen during his tenure and how he views the sector's future. Alistair, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. In broad terms, which is possibly very difficult in these challenging times, what is the current state of the bakery industry in Scotland? Gosh, yes, that is a good question. In broad terms, is a bit of a tall order. Um, from from the members that I've been speaking to over the last few weeks, um, and well, last few weeks and, and months, what we are hearing is of quite strong demand for product. So that's quite reassuring for, for us as an association and I think for for the trade as well. Of course, the, 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 the flip side of that is that there's um, concern over margins with that, uh, really connected with the, the rising uh, energy costs and commodity costs that every business has been experiencing over the last six to eight months or so. But no, I think there's there's definitely a sense of of, of very cautious optimism about the, the future of the trade this year. What is the biggest topic in the bakery sector today? What mm, is everybody talking about? Yeah, it, it's it's costs, Jill. Um, that still dominates every single discussion that I have. Um, and although when it comes to energy, the, 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 the energy prices are now starting to come back quite significantly from the highs that we experienced in the autumn of last year, um, we're still seeing businesses paying three, four times what they what they once were for their for their energy needs. And as you'll be be only too well aware, the baking trade is an energy hungry industry, uh, and and so it does represent quite a chunky part of the overall running costs of any bakery business. Uh, the other side of the of of the, the the costs equation is around the cost of ingredients and and the commodities, and those have all been steadily increasing over the last year or so. Um, and I, we're, we're seeing a little bit of easing off, but we're, we're, we don't think we'll ever see the kind of prices for commodities that, that we were, we were uh, typically seeing over a year ago. So yeah, costs are, is, is the number one concern for, I would say, every single, um, every single bakery in Scotland. Can you tell us how you got involved in the bakery sector and mm. also your role with Scottish bakers? Yeah, well, I think the the first the first confession I must make is that I'm not a baker to trade at all. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my background is in uh, skills and uh, apprenticeships, uh, so I from an employer side of the, the the fence, not from an educationalist side. I must stress, um, I spent many years um, uh, working with the creative sector in Scotland, helping them to access better quality more vocationally related training. So um, my, my introduction to Scottish bakers really was um, 
to, to look at the training part of what we do. And, and every year we deliver somewhere in excess of 450 apprentices um, across Scotland and, and England. So it's right. a big part of um, it's a very, very big part of our business um, and an important uh, source of support for, for the industry as well. So, yeah, I came in through that route. Um, but very, very quickly, what what I came to realise was that this was a, a, an incredibly noble and proud trade um, and, and one that's got an amazing sense of fellowship amongst members. So whether whether you're big or small, if you're having any kind of issue or challenge, there will be another baker nearby that you'd be able to call upon to help you solve that problem. And I think that is the unique uh, the the unique aspect of the trade in Scotland, particularly, um, and I really enjoyed g- getting into that part of it. And I very quickly started to go around bakery businesses and visiting members around Scotland. And and even now, five years on, as I as I prepare to move on, I can honestly say that I never tired of visiting bakeries. Um, it mm-hmm. was the it was the number one most pleasurable part of the job, and just seeing. Uh, seeing them do their amazing things every single day, uh, looking at how they they organise their work, and and just getting to know a really really wonderful um, community of of people. Talking about apprenticeships, um, has the government come through as yet with funding? <laughs> well, um, questions were asked in Parliament today, and we we are led to believe that the contracts for new start apprentices should be with us by the end of this week, um, which gives them approximately 24 hours at the time we're recording this to to, to come good uh, on that promise. So we're optimistic on that. We think it will do, um, but th- that's been about a three week delay really in getting the, the, this information out to trading providers, which means that we are a little bit in the back foot when it comes to registering the, the apprentices that we've got uh, in, in the stocks ready to go. But listen, we'll, our, our team work hard um, and they'll get out and about and they will get these these people signed on to programmes just as quickly as they possibly can and we'll be ready to go. So a bit of, a bit of good news there. Very pleased to, pleased to hear that there's some movement on that. Fantastic indeed. Can you tell me about some of the milestones achieved during your tenure with Scottish Bacon? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I think that the, the, the first thing that, that I'm I think proudest of is is that I, th- I think as an association we are now communicating better with our members than we've ever done before. Um, when, when I came into the, the job, we were still very reliant on sending out a very traditional paper newsletter. Um, I think it went out eight times a year back then. Um, and I, I just felt that that wasn't really responsive enough in, in today's information age. So um, we worked hard to, to put together. We invested in a new CRM system um, and, new, and new digital tools to enable us to communicate with the members. Um, and that really came into its own at the beginning of the COVID pandemic when we had we had been sending out e- email updates to members. But uh, as soon as the pandemic hit, we were sending out daily email updates to members with with um, information on guidance and um, rules and regulations and such like. Um, thankfully, we've been able to ease back from that. But we now email our members um, without fail every four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon with news, information, guidance, um, uh, details of 
things like government consultations that we want to get input into. So that and that email we know is is read by between 50 to 60 percent of recipients, which in 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 terms of email um, uh, campaigns is is a great return rate. So we're very pleased with the way that we communicate with our members. Um, I think we've also worked hard to bring our allied trades partners closer to us as well um, so that we can help our members access the, the, the fantastic range of offers and services that are available through them and providing a better platform for our allied, allied trades members to communicate with our own um, trade membership. So, yeah, I think the number one thing is definitely communications has has has, has stepped up a, a, a number of gears. Right. Um, in the last year as well, in fact, maybe even more than the last year, our lobbying and advocacy activity has has um, increased quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we work harder when it comes to things like consultations on um, new regulatory um, measures, um, and we make sure that we're always submitting um, responses to government consultations on on things like that. Uh, we also are, are are much better at communicating directly with um, uh, cabinet ministers and other elected members in both Scotland and Westminster parliaments. Um, and alongside that, our PR activities when it comes to to releasing statements on on important policy issues or challenges that we face, we're very much more proactive than we've we've ever been in making sure that we get that out to publications like yourself. Um, so right. that there is a focus um, and and uh, and, a, and a clear, identifiable, representative voice for the trade um, that, that that's credible and and authoritative. So we've worked very hard on that that side of things, particularly over this last couple of years, um, and we're very proud of that. Can you give us an inkling of what to expect from this year's Scottish Baker of the Year Awards? I know you don't want to give away too much now um, yeah. until the awards ceremony, but um, if you can give us some insight. Okay, well, uh, you, you're absolutely right. I'm not going to reveal any names whatsoever, Jill, but um, let me just, just quickly recap that the competition was was our busiest ever. We had 630 products uh, for judging from 70 businesses um, this year, and that was up from about 480 last year from 57 businesses. So I think that's reflective of of, of what I talked about, the growing confidence in the industry um, as we uh, as, as we progress. And so that made judging a very, very intensive process. Um, the the business part of the uh, the, the, the competition um, was the most closely fought that I ever remember mm-hmm. um, in my time of, of overseeing the competition. So when we make the announcements on the Saturday evening of the conference for the bakery cafe of the year, the craft baker, the retail craft baker and the wholesale baker, um, you, it, it, it's worth remembering that um, there really wasn't much to separate those who will walk away with the ultimate trophy from the from the other finalists. And again, I think that's reflective of a trade that is 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 um, is more confident in itself. Uh, they're working hard on every part of their business, from the products to the way they communicate with their customers, to the way that they train their staff, 
uh, and the way they present themselves. Um, and that, I think that was evident in the judging process this year. So uh, just look out. We've got a few new faces as well um, coming through in the competition that we've not seen before, which is always nice. nice. Um, but you'll need to wait till the 6th of, of May to find out who the winners are, I'm afraid, Jill. <laughs> That's fine. Is the sector still struggling with labour shortages? Yes, that's that, that's a, a, a another ongoing challenge for us. Um, it, again, it, it it's it, it's eased off a little bit from from the period 12 to 18 months ago, and that's reflected in um, in our apprentice numbers this year already. Um, last year was a very challenging year for training, uh, but this year. Uh, the, the demand has been very, very strong. And, uh, you know, as soon as we do get this contract, we'll be ready to run with, um, I think I think the total at the moment is about 85 apprentices we've got in the stocks ready to go, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic start to to, to any contract year. Um, but yes, there are challenges uh, in, in recruitment and retention, and it's something that a, a lot of our members are, are looking to try and um, uh, really work on their own offer um, to, to, to make their businesses a, a more attractive place to work. So um, we'll be looking this year at, uh, at what we would we would consider to be the best um, uh, kind of grade structures within the bakery industry. That's something that the, that the association is committed to working on. Um, but businesses we also we already know are offering other benefits, not just just a, a good wage, but they're offering other benefits, non-financial incentives, extra leave. Um, they're they're providing a lot of of um, uh, kind of softer training to, to businesses as well as the long form training, um, cycle to work schemes, anything that will make them uh, the, the employer of choice. Um, oh. And of course, training is a big is a big part of that. Uh, but the, the but the bottom line is is there are still not enough people um, in in the, the the pool of potential workers um, to to pick from and the, the the results were out the other day in Scotland that it's the lowest unemployment for uh, on on in recent history um, and and that's clearly a pinch point for for the industry. But again, we, we go back to, to to a trade which is is used to to having to adapt. Many of them are looking at um, how they can become more productive and efficient with fewer staff. Um, they're looking at their product ranges to see perhaps if they can trim those a little bit and be a little bit more focused. Anything that will help them maintain levels of production and revenue uh, and trade um, without being compromised too much by 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 the, the challenges that, that most businesses are facing uh, in terms of securing staff. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's on top of costs. I mentioned earlier on staffing uh, continues to be uh, to be a problem for, for, for the trade. But I should say it's, it's a challenge for other parts of the economy as well. I speak to a lot of hospitality and um, trade uh, businesses and other food manufacturing sectors they're all experiencing the same challenges around staffing so uh, you know we, we, we if we can work together on that that would also be good can you tell me more about your apprenticeship programs yeah so uh, the, the the most important aspect of our programs is is that um uh, first and foremost it's a proper job mm-hmm. so this is not about students going to college or day release um, they they get employed as an apprentice baker or or or, or um, production operative, um, 
and they're they're on a, a proper contract of employment with all of the usual rights that go with that and and they're getting paid the, the, the proper wage so that is that's an important part of what um, an apprenticeship consists of uh, the program itself is built up of, um, the, of of a number of different units covering different aspects of of the job from basics like uh, food hygiene and health and safety right through to specific elements about um, preparing dough, uh, baking of products and um, packaging products. Every single programme that we do within Bakers will be slightly different because we can tailor the content to every single business. And that's what makes it particularly valuable to businesses because it's not just a product that's taken off a shelf. Um, it, it's a programme that is tailored around the particular job needs and the particular ambitions of that business as well. Um, it, it, it's generally quite light touch. We will go in uh, approximately every, uh, every every four weeks um, and work with the, the, the learners. Uh, we will go through the, um, the, the achievements they've been, been working on over the last period. Um, we will uh, identify milestones that they need to hit over the, the forthcoming period, but we will also um, do any practical uh, skills training um, that's that's required when we do these visits as well. So um, it, quite often our trainers they're rolling their sleeves up along with the um, with the learners and they're they're mm -hmm. they're showing them the, the the practical skills, and that one that can only be done because all of our trainers are seasoned um, industry professionals. They've all been there and done it and in all sorts of different jobs and settings. So they know. Um, the skills that are required uh, and really know what really know what um, what will help people to to develop and deliver and businesses they work with will all regularly report improvements in in some of the softer things like staff morale uh, and attitude but also in very practical terms they can point to um, reduced wastage uh, fewer faults um, greater efficiency greater productivity uh, and all of that helps uh, at the end of the day when they're looking at, at bottom line and, and margin so um, we're very proud of our apprenticeship programs um, they're incredibly flexible and of course they are funded by by government both in in um, in, in Scotland, in England, it's slightly different, but they're, they are fully funded um, as, as well. So it, it's it's a great way for businesses to uh, to develop their workforce and to find efficiencies. We would we would always recommend it and support it. Has the industry been able to get over the hump of COVID? Yeah, I, I think by and large it has. Um, uh, the, the, there was there was a period last year where where our training advisors were reporting um, that, that businesses were still experiencing sickness due to COVID. That that appears to have have died off um, now, thankfully. Um, the, the practices within within bakeries are now back to what you might call normal. So the the distancing and the and the barriers that had to be put in place to maintain production at the height of the pandemic have. Have largely all gone um, but of course bakeries are, are hygienic environments in any case and, and so um, hand washing and sanitization of, um, of, of surfaces is something that goes on all the time in bakeries uh, so we, yeah we, we don't seem to be hearing any big issues with with Covid now for which we're, we're incredibly uh, incredibly grateful because that was uh, that, that was a, a once in a hundred year challenge for us all to face and I don't want uh, want to go through it again Absolutely.
Apart from being a staple food, bakery is very much an, an indulgent treat. How has the cost of living crisis impacted the consumer's mm. desire for indulgence? And where is the industry with regards to the UK's HFSS regulations? Mm. Okay, well, let, let, let me deal with the first one on right. that. What, with the cost of living crisis, what there does appear to be evidence to, to, to show that where customers are, are perhaps cutting back on their outside entertainment, so going to the, the, the bar or, or a restaurant, um, they are not cutting back on indulgent treats that they can take home and have with a cup of tea uh, okay. or coffee. Um, and, and I think our trade always prides itself on, be, on being providers of an affordable treat for, for everyone. So that seems to be uh, a, a, a positive aspect um, of, of the, uh, the, the, the challenges that we face just now um, and, and may well be part of the answer to, to what businesses tell me that, that um, demand is, is quite robust uh, uh, and, and strong just now. So we're grateful for that. Um, uh, the other aspect of it, foods high in, in, in fat, salt and sugar, um, a lot of our businesses are already um, looking at ways, either have done or looking at ways of cutting back on some of those those ingredients, whether it's cutting back the, 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 the volume of the ingredients or producing smaller portions, for example, um, mm -hmm. as one way of, of combating that. Uh, I, I don't think you would find a member um, across our base that, that would disagree with um, the issue uh, of, of an increasingly um, obese population. Where, where we are very clear is that we believe that the, 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 the greatest solution to that will be to, will be to influence and educate individuals on their own responsibilities and behaviours. Right. So while the industry will do what it can do, um, there are limits because a lot of the ingredients um, that are that are sing singled out as as potentially contributing to that um, are structural ingredients, for example, or flavour ingredients, and and can easily be replaced. So while the industry will continue to do what it can and will and will take the the um, its responsibilities seriously, we think that longer term the solution is very much about. Um, increased personal responsibility uh, for for individuals to maintain um, healthy diets. Can you tell me more about Scottish bakers and why a baker should consider joining the association? Mm. Yeah, um, our, our heritage goes back over 130 years and, and we were set up uh, in, in 1891 to look after the trade in Scotland to, to provide training um, and development to provide a means of um, uh, business networking um, and to celebrate the industry and to represent it to to policymakers. That's what we were set up for in 1891. And all of that is still relevant in 2023. Um, our voice is, is given credibility by our volume of members. Um, and the, the, the greater our membership, uh, the more powerful and potent our voice will be when it comes to protecting and preserving um, the trade and defending the trade against uh, against um, any potentially damaging damaging policies. So from that first perspective, I would encourage any baker that's not a member to, to join with us to add their voice to us. Um, but in terms of practical benefits, um, we we 
provide a fully indemnified employment law service through membership, which mm -hmm. is entirely free to members. Um, that will cover everything from making sure that uh, a business has got proper and, and legal contracts with its staff and staff handbooks, right through to um, circumstances where there might be a tribunal or, or dispute situation. Um, and that service is, is fully indemnified. So even in the case where a business may lose um, a hearing, um, then other than their contractual obligations, th then the, the losses are, are indemnified. Now, just getting regular routine daily um, employment law advice could cost several hundred pounds for a small bakery. Um, right. our, our, our starting rate of, of membership would easily cover um, one element of that uh, for the peace of mind. So that, I would say, is, is the number one reason um, very clear financial benefit that, that businesses should join us. But we also have fantastic platforms to celebrate the industry. We've got the Scotch Pie Awards every year um, and we've got the Scottish Baker of the Year Awards every year. And that's that is um, the way in which we we shine a bit of a spotlight on the fantastic products and the fantastic businesses that, that make up our membership. Um, and we encourage as many businesses as possible to get involved in that um, because the payoff, if you are a winner in any of these categories, um, can can be quite valuable in terms of business. So those right. are good opportunities. Our conference is a first class place to network and engage with other bakeries and allied trades um, I, to, to ensure that, that you're part of this fantastic community that we have. Um, but also that we are we're working hard for businesses every single day on on challenges and topics that, that businesses don't have time to do so for themselves. So when it comes to consultations on, eight, on, on, on foods high in fat, salt and sugar, we're doing that for them. When it comes to uh, mandatory calorie labelling, again, we're doing that for them. So I, I would urge, urge, urge businesses to be part of, um, part of our work by supporting what we do uh, on, on these matters. Um, but there's also a, there are a number of other services that we provide. There's discounted AA membership for for fleet. There's uh, email advice for food safety um, issues. Uh, there's discounted access to um, things like uh, lung function tests. Um, so anything that a, a baker um, could potentially need. Um, any question they've got, if we don't know the answer, we will know someone who has the answer, and it's part of that that um that central resource that that we can we can be there for for every baker's needs really when are you handing over the reins and who is <laughs> stepping into your shoes <laughs> well uh, um i i bow out at conference so when the curtain comes down on the scottish baker of the year on saturday night that's me off the clock jill um mm -hmm. as for my successor that process is is, is currently ongoing um, and uh, but what I do know is that, um, that, that the board is quite keen to ensure that someone is able to come into the post quite quickly. Uh, and I think that's that's important. Um, so I, 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 have, I have no uh, intelligence on that, I'm afraid. But right. yeah, I bow out at conference. I was keen to I was keen to see that through, um, not just so that I had one last opportunity to, to meet our members, but also so that um, I support the fantastic team that we've got in in Baker's House, um, and and have one last one last outing with them at at uh, conference.
Excellent. You mentioned your enjoyment in visiting bakers. As CEO of Scottish Bakers, what was your management style? Uh, my, my door is is always open. Um, mm-hmm. I I am consultative. I I want the the team that I work with um, to flourish, uh, and I want to give them as many opportunities as I possibly can to flourish. Um, and I think that that's what we've developed over the last five years is a very resilient, a very committed and loyal team of really talented people. Um, and over the course of the last five years, uh, I I th- like to think that I have supported them through whatever challenges they may have faced, but also pushed them um, to achieve even more and be better, um, better versions of themselves. But they're a fantastic bunch. They are they are extraordinarily um, committed to the trade and to the association. Um, and uh, and I know that they will they will continue with that. Uh, with that dedication to to supporting all of the members. Where to from here for you? Well, I'm I'm actually going back into the heart of education in Scotland. Uh, So I'm joining Scottish Qualifications Authority uh, to head up their policy work for HNCs and HNDs and SVQ, Scottish Vocational Qualifications. Uh, It's a time of huge change in education and training in Scotland. So um, I think it's quite a, going to be quite a big job, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a it's a, a, a change for me, um, and I'm looking forward to it. And and it's a it's a an environment that I know quite well from my my previous previous roles. Um, but yeah, back into the heart of education. So challenging but different. What changes have you seen in the industry during your term with Scottish mm. Makers? Um, Has there yeah. been a vast change? I, I I wouldn't say that I've noticed a vast change, but what I have seen, and part of this was motivated and prompted by the, the COVID crisis, um, we are seeing more businesses now getting online and doing um, uh, online sales and remote deliveries. Um, and that is something that, that really came about um, as a result of COVID when they couldn't trade in, in a normal way. Um, my, my hope is that more of our members will explore opportunities there to, to reach new customers um, and, uh, and and expand expand their businesses as well. So I think that's a positive thing. We've seen a lot more of the members getting much more active on social media. Uh, so they're promoting their businesses in different ways. Um, but at the heart of every bakery um, is just really good quality people and fantastic skills, and um, uh, that, that you know that is timeless, uh, and and that that is something that that we that we all should be proud of and and should respect. Before bowing out, what is your takeaway message for the sector? The, the, the first message I've got is is one of thanks. I, I came in as an outsider uh, and, and someone by my own admission um, uh, knew really nothing very much about bakery. But I was incredibly warmly welcomed by every single business that I met um, and, and have visited businesses from Gretna to Shetland and from east to west in my time in the post. Um, so that welcome is something really quite extraordinary, um, and they're always keen to show off their their bakeries and their and their and their um, wonderful products. So 
it, it's really to thank everybody for that welcome and for the education that I got from them it was quite extraordinary. And I will move on with an incredible respect for the trade um, uh, and and will make sure that I continue to, 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 to buy things from my local craft bakery. Um, so that's the message that I will be moving on with. But uh, it, it's been a wonderful job, Jill. And, um, you know, I move on for my own reasons, um, uh, not for anything to do with the role itself. It's been fantastic. Right. Uh, it, it was it's been challenging and exciting, occasionally frustrating, but um, but always ultimately rewarding. Um, and uh, I, will, I, I think it, it's, it's one role I will always look back on very, very fondly. Thank you.